If you're listening to this episode, you're listening to one of our first ever episodes. Yay, you. Uh, Depending on which episode you're listening to, you may notice that we're still working some things out like the music in episode one or the just general audio audio problems that we have all the time sorry yeah we want to leave these episodes up to show our progress so this disclaimer is to thank you for listening and hopefully you'll have patience with these things yes we definitely ironed it out in season two so more to come Welcome to our dogcast. I'm Sarah and I'm Laurel and this is what is dog. Is it the question or the answer? Sarah, guess what? What? We're going back to school. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you mean we're going back to school? In just a few days, we're meeting up with Ida Lyons Gearing. She's the owner and trainer of Leader of the Pack Dog Obedience in Quincy, Mass. Oh, cool. Is it Quincy or is it Quincy? This is something oh. I never because I hear it's spelled with a C, but so many people say Quincy. I know I say Quincy, but yeah. you probably think of Quincy, right? Because being That's not from spelled. here, it's spelled with it. anyway. I'm so excited. We're in another <laughs> training session. Yeah. So she studies many different training se- uh, techniques. And is there anything that you'd like to work on with Duke? Yes. Um, we have a few things we need to work on. I think right now we need to work on getting his attention off of other dogs when we're walking around mm. out around the apartment. Yeah. He's been really like lunging and growling at other dogs just around our apartment and yeah. great if we could get him to refocus and not worry so much about dogs that we're around. Yeah, cuz I know Duke, I've I've been around him a lot lately and he is so wonderful playing um and he handles Charlie playing so well. Yeah. So it's just it seems to be very specific around your apartment. Right. And if she had any techniques for that, that would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be great. What about you? Um, I think with Charlie, I just need to focus in more on he's just very aloof with training. Like he yep. just does isn't very focused in on me. I'd love to figure out a way for him to get more excited about training. Yep. Be more into it. And I think that we could also um use it as sort of a way to bond a little bit better. Definitely. Are there any like home behaviors you want to work on or anything? Um, some of the home behaviors is like he is he gets the zoomies a lot around the house oh, okay so it would be wonderful if he could stop doing that or if he could stop jumping even it would be wonderful if he could stop jumping oh yeah 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 gotcha cool well it sounds like we have some things to work on definitely so we'll go go see ida see what she has to say yeah see you soon today with ida gearing we just had a 30 minute training session at leader of the pack in quincy mass and we're sitting here now with Charlie and Duke, and we just wanted to talk a little bit about what happened, and also Ida. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so thank you so much again for doing this. Oh, no I problem. know that is maybe not a typical request to ask to sit down and talk on a podcast, <laughs> so we appreciate you being open. Oh, no problem. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay, um, so I, um, I have a BA in psychology, Okay. So kind of where um, my love for teaching and learning stemmed from um and then after school I worked in the halfway house I kind of went into that field for a little bit wow did some um 
you know, office job for a while. And then after, after 9-11, I got laid off. And the first thing I did was get a dog. Yeah. I always kind of knew I wanted to change careers and get into like the pet field. Yes. Um, did you always love dogs? Or? Yes. Okay. I always grew up with them. Always yeah. loved animals. Yeah. I mean, right now we have like a bearded dragon, hedgehog, dog, two cats. <laughs> you have you a dragon? Have bearded dragon. A, oh, is that a, what is that? <laughs> it's, quite, it's like a lizard. It's a lizard. <laughs> okay. And you have a hedgehog? Hedgehog too, oh my yes. Gosh, you know why I love, okay, so as a child, I wanted a hedgehog so bad. <laughs> And my mom told me that if I read my, I was homeschooled, she told me if I read my entire science book by the end of the week, I could have a pet hedgehog. Did you do it? I tried so hard, Aww. but it was, like, it was the thickest textbook I could Aww. get through. So she That's never why wanted she it. Yeah. <laughs> she I never wanted a hedgehog. So hard. I wanted the hedgehog so bad. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you do with hedgehog? Uh, not much. He's very, uh, he doesn't like to be woken up and he's nocturnal, so okay. he's, He's a weird pet to have. I mean, oh he'll come gosh. out, like, we take him out in the evening. The bearded dragon, on the other hand, is super social. Really? She likes to hang out. We let her on the floor. She roams around. The cat and dog, they all get along. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think she's pretty cool. <laughs> that is so uh, cool. Yeah, so I so always like dogs. Yes. <laughs> um, and when I got laid off, the first thing I did was get a dog. I went to the MSPCA and, and um, JP and got um, a shelter dog. And I took her to training, and I liked the training style and everything. So the woman who was the um, trainer, she was opening a cageless kennel and daycare. It was one of the first ones around. So she needed help. She was looking for an apprentice. Yep. So I decided to be an apprentice, Uh, and I worked many hours for free for her <laughs> yeah. to work off the apprenticeship. But it was a great experience because she had a, a boarding facility with just every kind of breed of dog. So I really got to work with like multiple breeds, lots right. of dogs at once. Um, so it was a good, good start. And at that time too, I was um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I definitely knew animals. I had followed a vet around. I was thinking maybe go back to school for a veterinarian. Right. But ultimately I'd rather deal with behavior and more you know the mental stuff over the physical stuff and everything that came with being a veterinarian. Well that makes sense with your background in psychology and things like that and in I imagine in a cageless daycare environment which was new you had to kind of figure out okay how did this pack of dogs work together and how does it all um yes I really did learn a lot yeah (laughs) was there any challenges at first as they were working out the kinks um definitely I think just like the temperament test figuring out what personalities of dogs should be together and maybe what dogs shouldn't be together I mean we did temperament test them but you know things can happen yeah and it was it took a lot of practice to literally run a yard like when you have 20 25 dogs all together in a fenced-in area, like you really do have to know what you're you're doing. Yeah, you have to be, you know, a presence with them and right. know that. Give them commands. Let them know that you're, you know, you're there for a reason, um, so they don't take advantage. So that took a lot of practice. Right. Yeah. I bet. Um, so then, yeah. So then, how did you eventually get into training? So I know that you were up until you get into daycare, and then how did you decide? Okay, I want to become a trainer on my own. And how did you get into owning Leader of the Pack? um, So I trained with uh, this woman for a while, and she certified me. I went through her program um, to become a trainer. I used to teach her classes and do private lessons for herself. And um, then pretty much I started a family, 
and it got too hard to do the kennel work and stuff and um, I just went out on my own and started like writing up all my own paperwork and you know and I would work opposite hours of my husband to just starting out um, you know so I would I did that for a few years um, actually quite a few years and now my kids are older so every year it got easier for me to, to work more and to actually you know market myself and, yeah. and actually find work um, and then when they hit middle school, I was like, it's time to open up like a brick and mortar place right. to do the, the classes. And were you nervous about going into business on your, on your own? I, dog training, psychology, it doesn't necessarily, um, go with business or were you excited about that? Or no, I was nervous that, um, I didn't know anything about running a business Yeah, and it was a <laughs> lot of trial and error and you know, I messed up a lot with like written advertisements and because the world was kind of changing at the same time yeah, this was, yeah. i started my business in 2005 um so think the advertising was different and it's like more online and i've made some mistakes on the way but i've learned from all those expensive <laughs> mistakes and how long have you been running um leader of the pack uh so i opened in 2005 uh but this facility has been here um it's been like two and a half years so um, I think I opened 2017. Okay. Or yeah. Or actually 16, 2016. Were you in Quincy before? Yes, um, I was based out of this area, okay. Quincy and Milton area. I used to rent like um, VFWs and oh, okay. to Columbus halls and stuff. But it was it was That's time because I could only do certain nights of the week right. for them, and it was just time to bite the bullet and try it on my own. Yeah, so. I love this area. So we're. Um, sitting right now in Leader of the Pack, and it's mm -hmm. in this really cute little area in Quincy. Um, I, how do you? It's almost like a sort of retro. Yeah, it's a quaint. Yes, retro. it's, really <laughs> it's I, adorable. It has a tin ceiling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it, it's I love it. Yeah, I really do too. <laughs> we have our, we have Charlie and Duke with us. We, we did the training session with them. Yep. Um, are currently trying very hard to keep them from playing. With <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, how would you describe your uh, training style? Uh, I'm I'm mostly positive trainer. Uh, I, I don't, I like to use harnesses. I don't really recommend choke chains or pinch collars. Definitely no e-collars yeah. or electric collars. Um, so when I like to use a lot of treats, lure them in the position I want to teach them. Um, I'm about capturing behaviors. Um, one of my philosophies is I, I really want the dog to want to learn and want to listen to me. Not that they have to listen to me. They don't have to do what I tell them, but that you get to a point where they want to, because guess what? Good things happen. I give them love, I give them good food, um, and that's when you get nice consistency with the behaviors that you want, right. is that right. they choose to do it for you, not that you're forcing them to do anything. Right. Do you think that your training style has evolved over time? Absolutely, a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. When I first started training, it was completely different. Well, it was definitely just starting to get out of the old school training with choke chains and pinch collars. Um, and the woman I trained under used those things, so yeah. I used them at one point. Everyone did, for the most part. Yes, yeah. yeah, so, um, you know, I used those. They, the leader of the pack, or the alpha dog theory, was big. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so they would do, like, you know, force your dog to lay down in a stay and things like that. Um, but over time, I do a lot. Of, I go to conferences. I'm uh, a member of the APDT and the IAABC. Those are both um, like organizations that promote, you know, 
dog training and learning. Okay. Um, so I go to their conferences. And so over the years, they debunked the whole leader of the pack thing. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, it's all about wanting, getting the dogs to want to listen to you. And what um, is the leader of the pack thing? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they used to think that uh, it was you have to be the alpha dog of the family. Oh, okay. that your dog, if you don't take control, they're going to take control. And that's how I was raised. I yes. raised, was raised with dogs, and I was always taught by my parents that you take control of the dog. And honestly, I've been on a journey recently yeah. of kind of changing that. Yes. So it was a, it definitely was a big change, I think, yeah. in the industry. And yeah. actually, it's still like people still use that a lot. Yeah. Um, but they found that they do have a pack mentality, of course, with other dogs, but they don't, it's not between dogs and people. They don't necessarily right, right. associate people to their to that, pack leader. No. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so they totally debunked that, so I got rid of all that, although I'm not going to change my name. I could be the, the leader of the industry. The leader <laughs> yeah, the yeah. You're leading the um, <laughs> But I think that these organizations out there are great because they're just, like, free information, yeah. and it is important. Things are changing all the time in the yeah. dog industry. Um, there are new, better ways to train. When we first started training, um, I was taught never let a puppy bite. Ever. Yeah. Oh. And um, now they're like, that's what puppies do. They yeah. bite you. And, you know, you let some of the like biting go. That's fine. Um, and you actually want them to bite a little bit because they did some research and they found that dogs that aren't allowed to bite as puppies, mm -hmm. if, God forbid, later on they gave a bite, they are going to take a bite. Hmm. Whereas a puppy that is allowed to bite, how, yeah. they learn how to, it's called bite inhibition. They learn how to control their jaws. Hmm. So they might snap. Nice. But a dog that never had that as a puppy can't learn to control when they're an adult. That's so, so interesting. The way I raised Duke was he's allowed to bite, but every time he did, make a loud squealing noise like it hurts. Mm -hmm. Is that like what you should do if your puppy bites you? If it's hard, like if you feel pressure and it hurts, mm -hmm. yes, you can yelp and get up and move. Okay. Um, the important thing is to get out of there. Right. Because the negative reinforcement is that you don't get to play with me anymore. Okay, gotcha. Mm. So we're that taking away sense. your attention. So it's not a no bite or anything. It's just, no. you know, if it hurts, squeal and leave. Yes, and okay. that's basically what another dog would do. Right, okay. Is get up and leave. Right, so the, they wouldn't want to be with them anymore. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you go to the different conferences, are, I imagine that it's also really good for networking with other trainers and things like that. Yes. And, are, are there any sort of like networking sessions that you can do with other trainers at the time or um, is it more so that you go and you sit and you learn about the new techniques that they have? And Yeah, it's a little bit of that, but they always have social hours yeah. and stuff. So you pass out your business cards and mm -hmm. you find out who's in your area and you can network that way. Definitely. Very cool. Um, and is, do you find that if, is there anything that you really specialize in with your training? Um, I typically do like the family dog mm -hmm. like I want your dog to be a permanent member of your family right yeah you know so I'll work with families with kids or you know kind of get the whole family involved if I can um or or not if that's not appropriate if they're too young um but I, I really want your dog to stay with you and most yeah. people would if they get too frustrated and can't handle the dog they get rid of the dog oh, so my so, yeah. I want them the dog to stay with that family right um 
Now, with um, the clients that you've been working with, is are there any? Do you find that there's any major thing that they are doing wrong, or is there is there one thing that you can point to that they should be doing better? Like the uh, biggest. Sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead. <laughs> like the biggest mistake our clients. Make. Yes. So uh, there's a few. <laughs> uh, one would be there's no management. People don't want to hear the first line of defense should be management, which means if your dog's jumping on everyone that comes through the door. Don't let them meet everyone that comes through the door. Right. Put them on leash, put them in the crate, put them behind the gate until they're better behaved because all you're doing is letting them practice that unwanted behavior that's just going to be harder to break later. Yeah, right. So if we can get a behavior, another behavior like a sit-stay going, then they can come out and meet if they can sit-stay. But until they are not jumping on people, don't let them. Um, so management is, is big, especially, especially too with the housebreaking. People right. don't want to use crates. It's, it's a natural thing. They like the den. They don't like to pee in their crate, so it really does help with housebreaking. Right. Um, so, yeah, people lack the management. Um, they expect too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have a puppy. They don't know what come means. They don't <laughs> right. know that they're not supposed to jump on you or not supposed to bite you. You have to be patient and um, patient, <laughs> pretty much, very patient. <laughs> yeah. Um, and teach your dog their appropriate behavior versus just yelling at him for doing something wrong. Right. Um, right. And their expectations are always, and some dogs aren't, I think people get dogs and, and they have an expectation in their minds. Like I want this to be a family dog and go all to, to all the soccer games and go here and there. What if you get a dog that's nervous? Right. right. You know, you, that dog is not going to be comfortable going to the soccer game every week. Right. right. You know, right. so why force him to go? And he, don't feel bad that he's in the crate. You know what? He's happier in the crate than being nervous at a soccer field where anything can go wrong. Right, right. Um, but they, people have a hard time dropping those expectations of what they think a dog, owning a dog should be. Right. So that's sometimes hard to get through people. And then people don't use treats. They back, they're like, I want my dog to listen without treats. Uh, that's me. <laughs> you know what? We get, we work and we get a paycheck. Yeah. They true. work, they get a paycheck. That's a good yeah. way to look at it. <laughs> so eventually you can back off the treats a bit, but they have to be there at some point, you know, right. and I, I look at the treats, the harder it is for the dog to do, the more likely they are to get a treat. If right. I'm in the house, I give commands to my dog. She does them without treats. I expect her, you know, yeah, at this point you should do them. If we're outside and there's a squirrel she wants to chase and I say, watch me, she's going to get a treat for that. Right. So you know how hard and how much impulse control it takes her not to chase that squirrel? That's right. true. That's You're a lot. fighting an impulse. That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm treating her for that. She deserves a treat. Cool. So I think people back off the treats way too soon. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, and you touched on this earlier um, about how people maybe don't practice as much as they should. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely been guilty of this one, so I was like taking a little mental note. I should really make sure to keep practicing. Sarah, I feel like, is amazing at, with her practicing. Oh, I love practicing with Duke. And I do find you said earlier that practicing even inside with training can help tire your dog out. Yes. And I found, I mean, that does work a lot with Duke. If I give him a little five-minute practice session, he'll for a little while. Yeah, it really doesn't enough. take much either. Right. Just right. go over all the commands. Teach. I do like to teach new commands every once in a while. Even to yeah. an older dog, it just keeps them engaged and wanting to learn. Yeah, yeah. and it, it really helps you build your relationship with your dog. Oh, definitely. So, Training should so. be about relationship building. That's right. why you don't want to like scold your dog every two seconds or like right. you know yank on the leash or I mean you want it to be positive. Again, you want them to want to do it. And right. believe me, they will. Give them enough treats. <laughs> yeah, they will. They will. Yes. Good boy. Good job. 
Duke's being a good boy. <laughs> so something I learned from Ida is praise it should always be really high-pitched voice. Uh, so I'm already trying to work on it instead of, because I usually go, good boy, in like this low voice, which is like, I, I call it my horse voice, because yeah. you use like a slow, steady voice with horses. Yeah. But apparently with dogs, it's a high-pitched voice. Yes. And so Ida goes, good boy, good sit, but like in a higher, even higher voice. And I love that. I never say good sit, but I You're like, a very calming human. You're going to have to really. <laughs> yeah, you just have to raise your voice a little bit yeah. higher than what like, it is. Good boy, good yes. sit. Yes. <laughs> and especially when you're calling them, because they want to come to that nice high voice. Right, okay. Yeah. That's good. To, I never knew that. So that's good to learn. Good. My, the first dog I got, she was like a seven-month-old. So she's like... She, you know, I adopted her when she was seven months old. She was found on the streets of Dorchester. She was a pit shepherd mix. Not the best mix for a first-time dog owner. So it was a good thing I got into this apprentice training because I took her to all the classes. Right. And I remember um, she was a tough dog. She had a little bit of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, a lot of fear. Uh, and then she just was so stubborn. She wouldn't listen at all. Uh, and she one day I had, you know, I was apprenticing on one class and then I took her to the next so I had my apprentice shirt on, and she was the worst dog in the class. Aww. I couldn't get her to do anything. Everyone's looking at me like, you know, she's not that the anxiety that you feel. Yes, I was almost in tears. At one point, I had dropped a leash, and she took off. I couldn't get her back. I mean, it was like the worst of the worst. And I tell this story to my clients who get frustrated too. Like literally, the worst dog about listening. Um, I mean, she was a good dog, but she just would not listen. Anyway, so I kept at it and I kept taking her to classes and kept taking her to classes. And then we finally hit a stride where she was like starting to listen. And then everyone, one class that I took her to, everyone's like, oh my goodness, your dog is so well behaved, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I finally made it. <laughs> it took a while, but some dogs are just harder yeah. to train and to get you know anything out of them every dog's different and so i try not to judge anyone on like even how much time they put in everyone's busy right um i really try to you know empathize with them when they have these problems right yeah one thing i learned here too which is going to be a big one for me at home is the actual command settle I had never thought of that as an actual command before, but mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to definitely work with my boyfriend when we're at home. Every time that Charlie goes and lays down, he goes up and gives them attention there. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that is a big one because you want them to be calm in the house. There's time yeah. for play and there's time. And another way to do that easily is give them a toy, like a Kong with yeah. peanut butter. You've um, mentioned that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people just give those things when they leave yeah. because it gives them something to do when you leave. But you should give it too while you're home because you want to promote them not bothering you every two seconds right. <laughs> while you're home. Right. Like they can be on their bed doing something quiet over there. It kind of promotes that. And then you can say, oh, good settle while they're licking out the Kong or chewing a bone. Right. Yeah. That is a good good command to, to put on cue. Pretty much any behavior your dog does naturally you could put it on cue. Yeah. You just right. capture it and then treat them and do it 20, 30 times and eventually they'll learn those words. Yeah, that's smart. Right. That's kind of like the watch me one um, that we just learned from Ida. Too. Can you tell them about it? I, I would love to. <laughs> so this blew my mind. So, you know, I, I've taught Duke all the basic commands like sit, lay down, stay, things like that. 
But a new command we learned from Ida today was watch me. And what it is, is you bring the treat to your nose and get wait till your dog watches you and like looks into your eyes. <laughs> and once your dog looks in your eyes, then he gets the reward of the treat and good watch me, you know, that, that praise. Um, and it teaches your dog to give you his full attention, look you in the eyes when you say watch me. Um, and that's going to be really useful for me and Duke because... We have issues sometimes with Duke being um, barking and lunging at other dogs around our apartment building, and you can actually use this command to help get their attention on you and not whatever distractors are around the dog. Like, for instance, if your dog wants to chase a squirrel, then, you know, watch me, and now your dog's supposed to give, put the attention on you. Yes. Did I get that right, Ida? Yes, you did. Yep. <laughs> if you do that enough, it becomes automatic. So every time they see a squirrel, you might not even have to say watch me. They'll just turn to you and wait for that treat. That would be great. Squirrel, here's your treat. Yeah, that one's going to be super helpful for a lot of different things. Um, I find that Charlie can sometimes approach other dogs in not an aggressive way, but in a sort of a very assertive or um, domineering almost way where it's like just on the precipice of being aggressive. Mm -hmm. He's never felt that way about Duke. Duke and him get along so well. But I want to use that command so that I can distract him in that initial meeting. Yes. And then they can come in, you mentioned um, coming in more so from the side instead of straight on. Yes. Yep. If they come in on the side, that's a calming mechanism for them. Uh, Straight on confrontation is is tough. Yeah. For dogs. Yeah. And unfortunately, we force them to do that by walking them on leash down sidewalks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We do that all the time for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's tough when you live in the city. To it is to, tough. Yep. Can you stop over there while I walk at you from an angle? <laughs> but I, there's other ways to go. You can like go out or you know around a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Or do maybe walk by and do the watch me. Yeah, do the you know. Me. And they That's don't have to meet every dog on leash. Right. Too. I mean, especially if they have friends and then you socialize them off leash. Sometimes meeting on leash is not the best way to meet. Right. And it causes tension so you know they don't I'm it's good to be a good advocate for your dog if you know your dog can't handle something tell the other person yeah you know we're in training no you can't come up and pet my dog now or they can't meet it's kind of interesting too to create a culture where everyone's helping each other train because uh, we were talking a little bit about how Sarah um, and Duke, how he, he may be a little bit more reactive towards home, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to find others that will help you maybe get to training um, and to fix that solution at home. So sort of creating that culture of like, all right, I'll help you train your dog in this realm, and then you can, I can, help, you can help me with my dog in another place, and right. starting that. That's a good idea. <laughs> having people who will just act as a distractor, yeah, you know, yes. be like somebody yes. who enters your situation, you know, yeah, could be really helpful. Um, so, what do you recommend after a tra- someone does a training session with you, and we learned so much jam packed in yep. a half hour? Um, <laughs> what do you What do you recommend? that they do after a training session with you? Do you re- recommend just um, practicing those items and then coming weekly, or how do you usually structure it? Usually I say once a week, okay. um, unless the person has a really busy schedule and yeah. can't practice, um, but once a week seems to be a good time frame. I say practice two, three times a day, like five minutes at each time, yeah. go over all the commands that, that we learned that week, uh, make sure the dog understands what you're asking, mm-hmm. watch me use eye contact, sit as put your butt on the ground, um, and then once they know the commands, you can figure out if you want to give two or three commands and then a treat, kind of intermittent treats. Um, 
So that's a good way, that's like the homework. And then uh, it's important to get your dog to earn their keep in the house. So nothing in life is free yeah. for them. Before you put the food of, um, the bowl of food down, you want to go over your commands. Yeah. And then they get their food. So they had to work for that. Yeah. They have to work for their spot on the couch. So if they're on this on the couch, you can say off, sit, you get nice and comfy and then invite your dog out. <laughs> you don't want to squish in around your dog. Um, it's your couch and right. it's a privilege for them to get on the couch. So they have to earn it. And it could just be a quick watch me. It could be one, whatever you have time for. Yeah. Definitely before you go outside, I like to do something over every threshold. So anytime my dog, you know, comes out of a car or through the door, either way, I get a sit, watch me. Okay, now let's go. Yeah. Kind of sets the tone that we're going to do some work, gets her focused on me, gets her to know I have my treats, um, and it makes her earn her walk now. Yeah. Right. So she had to work for it. Um, and on walks, it's important to keep them working because you know what? That walk goes further. So say you only have 20 minutes to walk mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I kind of need to do 40 minutes, but I don't have time. Yeah. Throw commands in there and then it's like a 40 minute walk because now they got the physical and the mental stuff out. Um, but so it's important for them to earn everything in the house. Also, I think once you get busy around the holidays, the training seems to fall by the wayside. That's true. If yeah, you're consistent and get in the habit of making them earn everything in the house, you're just training on the go. Yeah, right. And it's constant. And so at least they have something to fall back on if you do get busy and you don't have time to do your little mini sessions. Yeah. So it's all, it is a good habit to get into because they really do love to do mental work. I mean, they're both exhausted. They're both I, yeah, stretched they're both out. <laughs> yes. They're both and stretched out and I'm sleeping. I'm a <laughs> definite uh, fan of toys, like slow-release food toys. Yeah, Kongs, right, yeah. um, they sell balls that you put food in, they roll them, and the kibble comes out. Um, <laughs> cute. Uh, bowls that are mazes, it slows dogs down when they eat. My favorite toy is the snuffle mat. Ah. I've and never heard of it. <laughs> uh, I'll show you in a second, but it's just this mat that has like recyclable material, like this thick, maybe like two inches, yeah. um, and you hide food in there. And they have to forge through it with their nose to find the food. I love that. <laughs> so you could do it, make it hard where there's only like five treats in there. Um, I feed my dog that way almost every meal, put the whole cup in, I just hide it all down there. It takes her 15 minutes to eat. Wow. And that's 15 minutes of her using her brain that I don't have to do with her. Right. Like, if you have a dog that really needs a lot, my dog, you know, she's a shepherd mix. She needs to work. Mm -hmm. It gives me some freedom. I do that for, 15, or she eats for 15 minutes. Maybe I have, like, two hours before I walk her. Right. So if I'm busy in the morning, I make sure that she gets her mental stuff out to tire her out. That's smart for me, too, because I do tend to have such limited time throughout the day. But Charlie, you wouldn't believe it because he's such a big dog. And he always comes here and he acts exhausted. But at home, he is, has so much energy. He's just zooming around the house over and over and over. Oh, yes. So yeah. maybe if I can do some mental work with him, that will get it. Out. Yeah, so the snuffle mat. Best toy out there. Okay. Snuffle mat. It's so cute. I have a snuffle. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of a new, new toy, too. But I think people are catching on to that one. <laughs> the, the, like shelters have them and uh it's just enrichment you know how they have enrichment for like animals at the zoo yeah you need an enrichment for the dogs i Seriously. mean they get bored all day yeah it's true if someone did want to come and train here what where would they go what would they do <laughs> they can check out my website at um www.leaderofthepackdogtraining.org okay. um they can email me at uh leaderofthepackdogtraining at yahoo.com i know those are super long <laughs> <laughs> that's okay um, they could also call me at 617-296-1711
Perfect. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. thank you. This was a pleasure. This was so fun. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Laura and I are sitting in the car outside of Leader of the Pack. Yep. Dog training. We just had our session with Ida, and now we're ready to debrief. I know. I loved her. She's so great. Oh I my like gosh. I like her energy. She really has positive energy, um, and she seems really good at um, problem solving with dogs. She's very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I like how she kind of keeps it real. Yeah, she does. She really keeps it real. <laughs> I just repeated what you said. <laughs> she basically, she takes in the information that she's given through. I love that she goes to conferences and keeps things like she yeah. keeps adding things to her training technique. She never thinks she's done. Right. Like she said, she, her, her training technique has evolved so much over the years. I love that. Yep. And she's become, she's all about positive training um but the more with the side of it's like the negative reinforcement not being something that's painful but just being you know for instance turning your back on their dog when he's done bad behavior i think the biggest distinction between this training and the last training that we did the clicker training with fran the clicker training with fran is that um she introduced that you could say things in a low tone like you would say no or off or something like that right whereas with Fran it was all positive like you don't really say that you just redirect Mm -hmm. and then have them do a positive behavior it's true yeah and so I mean that's a huge difference because like you said with Fran it was all positive but it's not about really voice at all Mm -hmm. and then uh, with Ida, it's that high-pitched voice when they've done something well, mm-hmm. and then the low if they've done something bad. So it's like your 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 voice is used instead of the clicker to to do say they've done something positive or something wrong. Right. Yeah. She uses those marker words um, instead yep. of the clicker, and she was saying that she loves the clicker too. She, of course, they're they're so similar. They work hand in hand, basically. Right. She said that the clicker is more distinct, but the biggest thing that her clients complain about is that they don't have the clicker on them at the time of training right so it can just be and she talked a lot about just training in the moment so you would train just like throughout your day Mm -hmm. so what do your dogs do really naturally and pick up their natural behaviors and make that a command right exactly I loved that she said that because I never really thought about it that way yeah but you just whatever the dog's natural behaviors are that end up being positive and good Mm -hmm. things you just reinforce and that's really great so I think we can agree that um, between the leader of the pack training and the clicker training, they're both good. And oh, of I think um, there's not one that's preferable over the other. It just really is what works for you. Yeah. Um, you and your dog, I suppose. <laughs> I would say that's so true. I find that I'll probably be using this one more. Mm-hmm. And I love that she gave me techniques that I can use. I have a hard time finding any extra time in the day. Right. So I love that I'll be able to train with Charlie on the go. And she gave me some techniques for that. That's really great. What do you think is the best technique that you learned today? I'd say probably the best technique that I learned might be the same one that you're going to say too, which is the watch me command. Yes, I love the watch me command. (laughs) It's so great. I never thought of that as a command to use. Can you explain what it is again? Okay, so one more time. Watch me command is when you get your dog to look into your eyes. (laughs) 
and lovingly um, lovingly and you have a romantic <laughs> moment no totally kidding um the watch me command is about getting your dog to look into your eyes but it's all about making sure that you have your dog's attention yeah and it can be useful in all kinds of situations especially when you're outside and there's any kind of a distractor or something that might re- make your dog react um you can use watch me in increments to teach your dog to give you attention and not get distracted by whatever's around him yeah and you'll you think that you'll probably use that around um the apartment and start training that a bit definitely gonna start using that and what i just said was it might take 20 watch me's and 20 treats to till a dog walks by you know um but that's what it takes to get your dog to behave well and not try to play with every other dog that walks by. So. Yeah, and it's so worth it too because if you you'll be better tomorrow than you will be today. Whereas if you didn't do anything and you just said, "Oh, I don't have the time to do that," like you're never gonna su- succeed that way. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like working out. You know, yeah. just, I mean, it's better to spend a few minutes than to spend no minutes. So you know, <laughs> fit it in where you can. It's and it doesn't have to be a big hour long training session with your dog. You can do five minutes in the morning and five when you get home after work that's great now you've done 10 minutes of practice with your dog that day and that's way better than not doing anything right that you wouldn't have done in another setting um one of the other ones that I really liked was the settle command I hadn't thought of that one as a good command before but um Charlie is really going to we're going to need to use that with Charlie because he does get the zoomies so much around the house um I can reward him for when he is calm so why don't you explain for everybody what exactly using the subtle command looks like? Yeah, so um, if he was running around the house like a psychopath, basically like he does, <laughs> um, I, we wouldn't give him any attention. But then the second that he laid down or settled, basically, you would say, good settle, and you would give him a pet and you would treat him and things like that. And me and Owen both, it'll be important for both of us to reward the same types of behavior um so that charlie knows that when he settles he gets attention and when he doesn't settle he does not get attention so it's maybe less of a command and more of just reinforcing the behavior like you were saying really like the the natural behavior to settle you know and now he's thinking in his head oh they like it when i just lay down right (laughs) so i'll just lay down right that's great um yeah those are two really great takeaways you stole my first one. I did my steal favorite, it. Which was the watch me command. Yeah. I'll give me a second. I'm trying to think of the settle one. What else did we learn today? Um, I know. I'm so sorry. No, you want to say the watch me <laughs> No, you got it. You got it. It's fine. I'm trying to think of something else. Oh, so I think the biggest takeaway I had after the watch me command was the positive reinforcement of your dog with in a high-pitched voice. Yeah. Um, that's not something I ever did naturally. I think I mentioned it when we were talking to Ida. I always use a low voice to mm. reinforce, and so now I'm going to be more conscious and try to use a higher-pitched voice and say, you know, good settle, you know. Changing your watch tone. Me. Yeah, yeah, change the tone and keep it positive. So he knows when he's done something good, he gets the happy high-pitched tone, and when something bad, he gets the, the deeper, lower tone. Lower tone. Um, yeah, so I think... We both learned a lot today. Definitely. It was a jam-packed 30 minutes. It really was. We learned a ton um, and definitely a lot of techniques that I'll want to bring forward. Yep. It's a lot to practice. So I think maybe next week we'll recap how it's going. Yeah, that's smart. Keep each other accountable. Our listeners, you have to keep us accountable too. Yes, especially (laughs) me. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Yep. Thanks for listening. Email us at dogcasters at whatisdog.com. 
gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this and whether, you know, you've tried any training techniques and how they went for you. And one thing that Sarah mentioned too is please rate us. Um, where do yes. they rate us? I forget how it works. Um, whatever yeah. platform you're using to listen, it probably has a way to rate. You know, like Apple Podcasts, you right. can like rate within Apple Podcasts. So if you can do that and help get the word out, we'd appreciate it. Refer us to your friends. Tell them to listen. Whoever has a dog. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that would be great. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.